get pucks deep, you know, play the corners hard, see if good things will happen for us. Yep, we're back. Just dishing it, 86. Um, Tudes is back. Derek is on a bye this week. We're just getting into the bye rotation. It's that time of year. My camera's a little fucked. I just hate that I can't center that flag. I know it probably bugs the few people that watch. Most people listen. But, goddamn. Got to try and get it centered the best I can. But, Tudes, you're back, buddy. How are back. Um, yeah. You've been a busy boy. Oh, my God. Busy season at work. It's just crushing me. It's been – it's like the first night in, like, two weeks I haven't been working uh, after hours. But, you know, good to be here. Good to be back. And, uh, you know, haven't I miss you guys. I miss yeah, you Yeah, of course. We always miss you. You're the, you're the fucking glue, buddy. Sometimes you just got to be the glue guy. Yeah, no, I know you're. That's my that. that's my role on every uh, every hockey team I play on. I'm always the worst player on the team, but god damn it, I'm fun to have in the locker room. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to get you on a goal streak. It's coming. Oh, yeah. I, I promise you. And the, for the burners, I should say, because I know you're red hot in the other league. Red hot. Uh, yeah, I mean different different skill levels, though, right? I mean, it's like going down tutor, to the post playing in the national league. Tutor, sometimes you don't have to elaborate. You can just go. You know, just don't sell yourself short. That's all I'm saying. All right. Two, goal, <laughs> two goals out of me in the next Burners game. Book it. There you go. Over two and a half shots on goal. Book that. Parlay him. Um, <laughs> so, I, I mean, so you were – did you – I don't even remember. Did you play? Did you bet anything while you were buzzing around? Because you were off. Oh, last week? Um, yeah. No, the only thing, honestly, I didn't even really look at much last week. I was so busy, but like literally like right before kickoff, I saw Tennessee plus nine and I said, ah, fuck it. Like if I'm getting the number one team in the country plus nine, why not? Um, That didn't happen. So I want to get this out of the way because I owe anyone who tailed an apology because I don't normally do this. This is actually the first time I've done this. Um, As we continue to grow this thing and, you know, years down the road, maybe even next year, I would like it to be a goal, honestly, for us. You know, hopefully we're doing it in person by then, at least you, you, me and Derek. Right. And um, when it's the college football season and we're doing this, I want to be able to in live time, like just go post something, you know what I mean? Like have something ready for a change because we pick so early in the week for our show picks and sometimes things happen and I do some more research like what happened with Tennessee and the Georgia game. Now, for those that remember, I gave out Tennessee minus, or excuse me, plus eight and a half on the show thinking the number one team in the country getting over a touchdown why not, right? Easy, right? And then I sat there and I'm like, Ben, how many how many losing tickets do you have to have in your collection before you fucking realize Vegas knows? Tudor, Vegas knew. Okay? You're giving eight See, and a half that's points. Where, that's You're giving college. the team that is not the number one team in the country eight and a half points. I know it was a home game for Georgia, right. but 
you had to, the more, and I, it took me like a day and then I saw right through it and I was, the light bulb came on and for me, easy to say in hindsight, right? But when I did lay my wager, I did place the bet Georgia minus nine, actually. I got it at. So the thing is, too, that's where – so I like betting college football better than the NFL. But the one thing yeah. that college can kind of do to you and fake you out in those situations is it's really easy to do what I did last week, which, frankly, honestly, I don't really do that often. I usually do my research on everything. Uh, but I woke up Saturday morning wasn't feeling great laying on the couch and as the day scrolled by i was like you know what i don't have any bets in tennessee plus nine fuck it and i just threw it at the board you know typically i don't do that but it's tough right because in the nfl or like pro sports the number one team in the league is never gonna be a two score underdog uh, yeah in a game right like yeah. if you're if you're looking at the nfl the team that's in first place in the NFL or in their division is not going to go into a game and be, you know, a two score underdog. So it's easy to not fall into that trap. But in college, it's like you see that number one, you know, number one ranking next to their logo on your screen. And you're like, oh, I get two scores here. Like, even if they lose, it won't be that bad. Um, and, and you fall into the trap. It happens, man. Right. hundred um, percent. Yeah, I did. I, I did it. I had to make the switch when it came to placing the actual dollars. So if anyone who tailed on that, sorry, you know, we're going to get bet for that doesn't happen often, right? That does, it's not usually when I'm given the picks, I, you know, there's not any more times than not. I haven't run into line movement really that worried me where I had to dig in more and say, I have to switch the pick or just not place the bet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it and it could be said we could be having the op the the other conversation too. Had Tennessee found a way to keep it within nine, and you get a push, so it's so, easy to say that now, right? But it, it's just perfect, perfect illustration. And I've been locking in my bets week by week on Tuesdays when we usually record, um, just yeah. so I'm consistent with what I give out. But yeah. like the thing with those, usually I do that as well. Yeah, and single bets, yes. the thing with those, though, is you are taking a risk every time you lock in something that early because perfect example was the Florida-Texas A&M game where A&M has a bunch of players on their team come down with the flu at the end of the mm-hmm. week. Now, all of a sudden, it's a no-brainer. You take Florida in that game, and Florida wins and covers. Yeah. But, you know, before that, if you lock that pick in – you know, someone might have liked the other side of the coin before that material change happens, and then you're kind of putting yourself in a tough spot. But, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't happen often, but it can happen. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. the other thing, the caveat that I want to add on that is I – Caveat, what a nice word. Yeah, right. What a nice there's, word. There's a certain feeling you have when you know – that people are tailing your bets, right? And it adds a little bit of pressure to you when you're making your picks. But if you're somebody that doesn't come up with your own picks and you are tailing somebody else, don't you ever blame somebody else for your loss. Be a big boy. You place the bet. 
tailing somebody is totally fine, but you can't then turn around and blame them if the bet loses. Correct. Right? Like, you still made the decision to place the bet, right? I have followed, you know, my best friend is a Notre Dame alum. I have followed that kid blindly into the darkness for more losses than I care to admit. But never once am I going to text him and be like, why the fuck did you, you know, convince me to bet on them this game? Why did I do that? No, I ride with my best friend. And if we win, we win together. We lose, we lose together. But never once are you going to blame that person. That's all. I just want to throw that out there because it drives me nuts when people do it. Well, you see it, and I you run into it too. Where I st- I comb, you know, I do. I have my own, you know, websites and everything. I read, you know, I really I just read, you know, some kind of breakdowns, quick little paragraphs on teams. Like it's really nothing. I'm not putting stuff into my own Excel spreadsheet with a model here. I hate to break it to everybody. Pretty sure that was pretty well known, but just in case nobody knew that. Fate accordingly now with that knowledge, if you will. Um, I genuinely, I think that when it comes to, I don't, I don't know, man. I'm not, <laughs> I just like, when you see it in the comment section, right? That's when it comes up. It's like, I'm trying to just comb through after my base reading see what the buzz is on some known cappers on Twitter, right? And then just happens when you're kind of looking through stuff on someone's feed and then you see them having to respond to people telling them what a shitty pick they fucking had. And it's just, yeah. as And you get a different appreciation for it, I think, in a setting where we are, where we're, I'm not, this is still really new for me. I don't, you know, I do it in group chats, but this is like, anyone can have access to this. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, it makes you think about it differently where maybe I I used to chuckle more at that stuff, but now I'm more just rolling my eyes kind of thing. If that Those people in the comment section are as bad as, you know, Susie and Jimmy in section 307 that are screaming shoot the puck at every Sabres game the minute they cross the blue line. Yeah. They're in that category of people. Well, I can tell you right now because we're recording. So the day this podcast comes out, it's going to be Thursday, November 10th, which means Jack Eichel's back in town for the Vegas Golden Knights against the Sabres. Oh, I'll be I'll be hanging out in section 115, uh, row 17, come say hi. Um, I am going to be yelling, shoot, every time Jack Eichel touches the puck. There's going to be people that are going to boo him. He's going to pick the puck up and behind his own net on the power play, I'm going to yell, shoot. What do you think? So I can't wait. So I, I've got I've got tickets to that game also with a couple of our other buddies. So we've got quite a squad. Have, yeah, it's going to be, be kind of spread out throughout the arena on Thursday night for uh, the return of Eichel 2.0. But what do you think Jack is going to be like at the arena on Thursday? Because we know this the reception he got from the fans last year. We know how the fans feel about Jack. But how do you think after the interview that he had after he left last year, he's going to come in carrying himself? He's going to be um, nice Jack. He's going to be humble Jack. He's going to be maybe even a little um, self-deprecating in a way, possibly. We'll see. But I think he's going to be, you know, humble Jack. 
um, or, you know, as I like to call him sometimes, Jonathan Eichel. Um, <laughs> he... I'm sorry. I, mean, I could, to I I could totally I hate see. that. I hate that, that, that Jack is, I'm supposed to know that, that, you know what I mean? Like the Jack yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan thing. Yeah. I don't get it, but you know, neither here nor there. I think he's playing well. The Vegas is doing well. So I mean, Vegas, they're the number one in good, the NHL right now. They're going to be in a bit of a cheery mood. Now, more times than not, the team that starts off the hottest ain't there at the end. Um, they, they're, they're getting good goaltending for what's his name? Logan Thompson, I believe his name is, um, getting very good goaltending there, but I still got questions about that team and we'll dive into this more throughout the season, obviously. Right. But no, I think Jack is Jack's kind of a fair weather guy. I think when things are going well, I think the media interactions are because that's really what we're getting to, right? Like, how's he I gonna? Mean, I could totally see Eichel scoring like a go ahead goal in the third period and just flipping double birds to the entire arena. Yeah, I would imagine he because I think he lacks that kind of self control. I really do. Yeah, but I can't tell you that if I wasn't in his situation that I wouldn't do it. I would probably want to do the same thing if yeah. I were him, yes. But Especially a big goal like that. But I'm curious to see what the celebration looks like. Because there's that. that's the other thing I thought. It's funny you brought this up because in soccer, if you see normally players – more times than not, just in general, if they played for a club and they have since moved on and they're playing a game against their former club, they kind of just put their hand up. It's a very like, it's a, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like a almost surrendering. It's almost like a surrendering kind of gesture where you're like, gesture where you're like yeah, um, I just buried, um, yeah, what's up? Fuck you, but I'm not going to rub it in your face like it's like i enjoyed my time here yada 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 so it's like i know there's some of that there with jack like it wasn't always bad but it ended bad yeah it's gonna be remembered bad so it ended bad and i think the thing in sports right is a lot of times you see someone go back to you know, or play against their former team and maybe during warm-ups before the game, if they're, you know, out there on the ice at the same time, or if it's football and they're out there on the field, you'll see a video of them going over, talking to an old teammate, you know, saying hi, whatever. Um, but the thing is, like, obviously for guys, when they go back to their former team, you know, in the NHL, they'll put money on the board, they'll do whatever, and their team tries to win that game for them. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side of it, I don't think there's that many guys where like their former team, like I, I don't, I think players on the Sabres want to beat Jack because they genuinely don't like Jack. It's not like, Oh, that's my buddy. And he got traded to a different team, whatever. It's, it's different than when Mark Andre Fleury comes back to Pittsburgh. Right. When he comes back there, it's like, <laughs> hey, Flowers, our boy, like we love him. He's on a different team. Like best couldn't be more opposite. Yeah. Right. It's not a situation like that or, you know, a situation with uh, with the Sabres, you know, maybe with some other former players that that have come through there. So there's like when Ryan Miller came back. Right. That's obviously a warm welcome. 
but you said Ryan and I thought you were going to say a different name and I was going to, no, 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 yeah, don't, uh, I don't need that. So like that's, that's a warm welcome, but the guys like him, right? I think the guys on the Sabres, what you're going to, what you see more in these Jack matchups is these guys want to stick it to him because they don't like him. It's a new rivalry in the NHL. And I think you're going to see that on Thursday, like people, like they're people have an idea based on, but it's different now. The Sabres, both teams are playing, Vegas is playing really well. The Sabres are playing pretty well Yeah, heading into this matchup. I mean, we're recording on Tuesday. They got, they're playing at seven against the Coyotes. So we'll see, um, you know, Sabres in, you know, recent years have tended to play down to competition. So let's, you know, let's see. Um, don't want to lose three straight at any point in the season, right? And they're on, yeah. currently on a two-game skid. So, right, but either way. That's their only game in between. If you head into that that Vegas game seven and six, this early in the year, I'm still very encouraged above 500, yep. etc. Right. So, yeah, and I think I think it's going to be like a cordial kind of like. I'm sure there'll be some guy. I I don't know this for sure. Might not see it on the ice. Maybe you see it in the tunnels before. Possibly I. Neither one would surprise me. I could see him not talking to anybody, like not going to say hey to anyone, you know, Granado, whoever, right? But I imagine at the point we're at now, I think he might get into that a little bit and try and kind of minimize things. But as soon as the game starts, that's where it's going to kick in. And they're like, all right, the formalities are done. We There's a mutual I want to kick the shit out of you thing going on, you know, so – you don't get these a lot in kind of 20 games in the end of the season too. So I'm, I'm fired up. Someone is like, I'd love to ask a guy like Rasmus Dahlin, right? I would love to ask him when he's in a game, right? And if he's playing in the game Thursday, when you're out He should be, he's playing tonight. Right. And he's, you know, thankfully healthy back, back in the lineup after, after missing a game there. But I'd yep. love to ask a guy like that how conscious, once the puck drops and the game starts, how conscious are you of who you're making the play on, right? Like, if a guy like Jack, who maybe has, you know, a rocky history with the team or whatever, if he's coming down on the wing and, and you're defending him, are you putting that like together and finishing that check a little bit harder because it's him or is it just heat of the moment? You're not even thinking about that shit. It's a boom, boom play. This is the national hockey league. Like it's, it's fast. How he would answer that. I don't know, but I I, I mean, the answer, the answer on and off camera may be a little bit different for any player you ask. Um, But I like, I'd be interested just to pick some of those guys brains and know, you know, once, that's once a question you ask a retired guy, I feel like, you know. Yeah. I see what you're saying for exactly. sure. Because once the game starts, like, are you thinking about that? Like, are you are you looking for a guy a little bit more than you, you normally would? I don't know. So even just for my, you know, not playing, you know, you know, really very high of a level, I, you know, I played a lot of, you know, AAA and shit, right? We've talked about it before. But, you know, public high school hockey, you know, now it's not nearly what it used to be when we were in high school. That's for sure. But um, even for me, like, you know, I always had a lot going on in my head during games. Um, But I definitely 
as much as you tell yourself and even like if you know your coaches teammates you know a parent knows that you got history with a guy at a certain team a certain school um you know you're conscious of it but you're not it's not always in your head but very quickly so like if Darlene finds himself coming on for a change and all of a sudden Jack's over there and he gets snapped the puck and he can kind of line them up as they, you know, kind of a foot race down the wall or something. You best believe if he gets an opening to throw a hip check, lay the hammer, whatever, his eyes are going to light up. Any competitor's eyes would light up at something like that for sure. And Nick would make the sickest video out of that footage too. Oh yeah. It'd be so good. <laughs> yeah. that That's just something I've always kind of, kind of wondered but yeah i think it'll be it'll be fun to be in that building on thursday for sure it's um, gonna be i think we're gonna win or lose i think sabers fans at least are gonna leave that game being having another little sense of like all right you know i it could be funny when we do the clips of this episode and we know the result of the game at that point See how dumb I sound if we get shit pumped. Um, because the reality is Vegas is playing really well right now. Like Tudor said, number technically they have the most points in the NHL, they're number one. Number one right now, yeah. Okay, so there you go. Um I think they only have like two losses at this point. Yeah. So let's see. Um I think they yeah, tonight they play Toronto too, I believe. So that'll be an interesting matchup to tune into, but I'll be locked into the Sabres game for the most part. Let's be real. Um, but yeah, man, I'm really, I'm really excited. It's going to be a blast. I didn't get to go to the one last year, but it's just so much different now. So, um, yeah, that's, that's where I am on that. How do you feel about the goat heads? Cause you're kind of an unbiased, you know, you're, you're I, I think that, so first of all, let's rewind, um, the reverse retros they wore at the penguins game last week when I was there, horrible jerseys, in my opinion. Just terrible. I just they. If you're gonna do all white, you got to do all white. You, gotta, you can't you, have a blue yeah, helmet. You have to do all white and like lose the yellow at the bottom. Um, just have it white. But yeah. the black, uh, the black goathead jerseys that they just released, those they knocked it out of the park. I don't think they could have done a better job with that jersey. Well, there's they didn't do much. I mean, a yeah. slight logo change, but I mean, it's a That's classic. It. It's it timeless. Is. I I just and it's funny because I think for a lot of the time that they had those, people were upset because you know it wasn't the traditional royal and yellow that the Sabers had been for their history up to that point, mm-hmm. but. Now that it's kind of been gone for a while and people that are our age are in the arena, they're season ticket holders, they're going to all the games. It's cool to see, right? Because that's for someone our age, that was your childhood, right? That's we grew up. That was the jersey the Sabres wore. I never saw them wear blue and gold until we got older. Yeah, right. exactly. So I think it's I think it's really cool. The jerseys are awesome. I think they're going to look really sweet in the games. but over yeah, overall they're they're sweet. They knocked them out of the park. The uh, first time they're gonna wear them is actually the night before Thanksgiving, the twenty third, when the St. Louis Blues are in town. Who's on that team? Yeah, the guy. The guy. The factor. 
God, I would have loved to see him in one of those. Tage Thompson is going to look great in it, though. So it's so okay. let me let me ask you this because I know you've loved Ryan O'Reilly, and I know I've asked about this trade so many times. <laughs> it's my guy. Is there is there a situation that you're ever going to look back and be like, I'm glad we shipped them off for Tage? Yeah, there could okay. be. I, I'm not ruling that out ever. Because... I know you're not there yet, and I know that no. you love. I know you love Tage, so I don't want to yeah. frame it as you don't like having Tage Thompson. But obviously, right? Like, I just want to know, like, what is it going to take? Like five straight forty goal seasons for for you to be like, hey, that was we won. No, and it's not. I like we've talked about it before, though, right? It's it's not really on Tage as it's much. A different, they're different players because I think they're different players. Tage is, you know, he's got a renewed focus. I, it seems like there's some kind of there's at least a close enough correlation, I think, to when he became a father. And sometimes people handle that differently, but it seems like you know, I, I think Tage ever kid? I didn't even know. And within the past year or two, and that's really when, like, last year, basically, he really shot up. So it's like that gave him, I think, a renewed focus maybe or just gave him some kind of mental clarity or what have you, maybe made him refocus, you know, maybe made him not overthink. Maybe he stopped spending so much time thinking about how all these fucking people who don't know me, don't see the work I put in, say I'm an underachiever. The trade was bad, blah, blah, blah. Right. Maybe he just finally, you know, cause he's still so young. He finally found the, the mental part of where he's comfortable enough with his work ethic and his skill set to, and you know, all that to where he put it out of his mind and he's just not thinking of it anymore. He's just playing. Obviously the move, you know, Don Granado deserves a ton here in Kevin Adams, you know, probably mostly Granado. I think moving him to center, I would imagine Kevin Adams gives him a little leeway on that, you know, for the most part of that's a Donnie Granado, you know, idea for the most part or final decision. I would say Kevin Adams is a smart guy. He he's, he was open to it. I can guarantee you that. But, yeah, man, I, I think it's going to be more about team success. But 40-goal seasons, being the top point producer, being a, being a top six, successful top six forward on a team that goes to the playoffs and it wins at least one Stanley Cup. That's kind of what it is. It'd be cool if you could win the Conn Smythe, too, because I definitely think that's something Tage Thompson can do. But... Well, I think I think that it's a tough it's a tough hill to climb for sure, I think right? He's the and I don't want to put player, that. And we're we're way far away from this, I think. Um, but Tage Thompson's the type of player that if you look at the Sabers, if that team gets in the playoffs this year or in any of the next, let's say, five years, right? As they continue to get better and they start to make the playoffs or maybe put together a playoff run. He's the type of guy that he's got to be putting the puck in the back of the net for them to be successful. So I almost mm-hmm. think a guy like him, the Con Smythe conversation comes hand in hand, right? Because yeah. the Sabers don't get out of the the Sabers don't get out of the first round if Tage Thompson's not putting the puck in the net. Hundred percent, right? Like, and, and that's just how it is, right? A lot of their offense flows through him, and I was very impressed with watching him. Uh, 
I've been to two games in person this year. Uh, I went to the home opener and then I went to the game against the Penguins last week. Very impressed with him. And honestly, the play against the Penguins that impressed me the most, that wasn't even, he had the one timer on the power play that was just lasered to the back of the net. But I mean, that was a wide open net, good passing yeah. play. That it wasn't even that play. It was the play where, you know, turnover happens, bad pinch. Tage Thompson takes off. Alex Tuck takes off down the wing. Thompson comes into the zone in a two-on-one, and he kind of hesitates just enough, uses his size and his reach to reach around the defenseman, and puts a perfect pass real hard and low right to the front of the net for Tuck to just put his stick down and deflect it high and into the net. Like, mm-hmm. that type of play from Thompson impressed me so much because – I used to think of him as like, all right, he's just a big guy with a cannon of a shot. But it's just his hockey IQ and the plays he's been making this year, and you started seeing it last year, are awesome, right? Last year, I think his assist numbers weren't necessarily as high as you would normally see from a center. Uh, But with more plays like what I saw last week, I think he's going to you know, bolster those assist numbers mm-hmm. up and bring his total points up because he's he's a gamer that can, yes. that can play. Yeah, man, couldn't agree more. So, and that's the thing when you bring I up the Leo Rush. Sabers on the podcast. Uh, God damn, he's it's tough to not drink the Kool Aid, baby. Come on, um, but yeah, I it's tough when you because it's just like it's it's almost it really is unfair expectations to Tage Thompson, right? But at the end of the day realistically Tage Thompson's going to tell you, yes, that is a goal, but he's going to do, you know, real to real, right? Like not doing the press type answer because it's secondary, right? You want the team to win. It's about the cup, right? First and foremost. But as you said, the way that things are clearly shaping up here as Tage Thompson goes, the Sabres go offensively. So that he's a huge, if not the factor in that, I would say. So, um, and another thing I always thought with him real quick, and then we can transition, but I think he is one of the biggest benefactors of this cycle trade for me, because he's a similar play style and, you know, he got, he got that spot, the one timer on the power play, the top line center. Like, I think he takes it as a, per- it seems like to me, based on the results, he took it as a personal challenge. This team traded. He fucking knows. He's a smart guy. They traded Ryan O'Reilly for me. So think you about know what I mean. Think like, about all the think so, about all the stuff you listen to on other podcasts, right? You listen to Chicklets. You listen to After the Whistle. All that stuff. They interview former NHL guys. All of those guys when they bring up trades, they could tell you exactly who they got traded for, what picks they got traded for. Mm-hmm. It's always it's always in the back of their head, right? Because it's an yeah. ego thing, right? It's like. You're you know, for, yeah, like, I mean, if you're Tage Thompson, you're going to look back at this in 20 years and be like, fuck, yeah, they traded Ryan O'Reilly for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the whole goal. It's what you go to work for. Right. You know, pers- for personal goals, at least, you know, family and all that other stuff. Right. But yeah, personal career like that's at the forefront of your mind for sure. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I like what I've seen so far. There's obviously defensive lapses and all the things you expect out of a young team, especially early in the year. They're still growing as a group. A lot of work to do there, but there is so much. It's a completely different feel 
when you're watching this team now. It's it already you can say, you know, I mean, there's some still a lot of scar tissue for Sabres fans, right? So it's like I'm cautious too. I'm very cautious, but I am very aware that I didn't realize when I was cautiously optimistic in the past how fucking blind I was as to what was really going on but knowing what I know now and seeing the product on the ice and the way they play for each other the chip that they have on their shoulders in a lot of senses you know it's it's completely different plain and simple what else have you been seeing though buddy around the NHL the NFL you got some I mean the Astros won the World Series um you know I don't know if Rob Manfred wants to know this, but I I saw a trash can in the Astros <laughs> dugout. Um, I don't know if you might want to look into that. So yeah, is that even the guy's name, Rob Manfred? Yeah, and the, the closest Walmart to the, Dorothy uh, Mantooth's the same. The closest Walmart to the stadium sold out of Apple Watches the the day of the game. So I don't know, but um, <laughs> whatever. Um, no, I think. I think it's been a, an exciting time and just sports in general because there's so many things going on, right? You just World Series just wrapped that up. That time of the year. Basketball's in full swing. Hockey's in full swing. Football's midseason. You're starting to kind of separate the good teams from the bad teams a little bit more in the NFL. Like, you know, a lot of stuff's coming coming into play. I NHL is kind of where I've been focusing a lot of my, my energy. Um, uh, I mm-hmm. I just enjoy it the most. I and love it. I I don't know. There's been there's been some surprises for me. I Vegas I thought would get a little bit better this year. I didn't have them being eleven and two to start the season. I don't think anybody um, did. Boston has looked unbelievable. They're also eleven and two, so I guess they're kind of tied up top. But uh They've looked so good, and I don't understand it because they get older and older every year, and you're like, ah, oh, they got to slow down. They got to slow down, and they never do. Yeah, it's never do. because they all got time to, like, heal up. It's it's crazy. You see them wear down during the year when they don't have time to be losing ground and races and divisions and stuff, right? I think that's where it's going to be the most dangerous for a team like the Bruins where they got to try and hopefully – squeak through let's face it i could give a shit about you know boston teams like i i i fucking love brad marchand i love patrice bergeron brad marchand is the best rat and he seems like the best teammate one of the best teammates you could ever have love watching him play the game the only time i really get mad at him is if he messes up a bet of mine because he's so good you know, him and Bergeron and Pasternak, obviously, right? There's a lot to like on that team, but Marshan's kind of the catalyst, it seems like. Yes, one of the best centers you've seen in I don't know how many years in Bergeron, but Brad Marchand is a unique player. And that's, again, like in a similar situation as like Tage, like we were saying, as Brad Marchand goes, the Bruins go, and he's been involved, he's healthy, and it's it's exciting. So it's good for the league is kind of what I'm getting at here, I think. Yeah. I mean, polarizing figures are good for sports. You know, they get they get people riled up, but they get people talking about it. Yeah. And you need your Ric Flair's and your rocks and your stone colds, boy. You, you do. 
you do. You, it's not, I don't like. It's not fun when everyone gives like the very show up to the rink, be a professional, give the cookie cutter answer. Like that's not. It's cool, right? And we respect those guys because it's like ah, oh, they're playing the game the right way, right? But we don't need a league full of Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby type personalities. You got to have your OVs, your Marshans, your your eccentric guys in there also. I've been considering a new betting strategy. Shout out to the funnel guy for this one. Um, I might just start putting a unit every Oilers game on Connor McDavid over one and a half points. Because there's at the end of the season, you're going to be up. Yeah, guaranteed. So it's like I, I feel like an idiot for just not just doing it. Um, but anyways, that's neither here nor there. Gambling woes this could be a whole new episode, separate episode. Got a nice hockey bet tonight, though. I do, too. I got a couple of them in, actually. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we said Boston, Vegas, obviously, right? Is there anything else going on around the Detroit. league that we should touch on? The Detroit Red Wings, yeah. Seven and three start coming out of the gate. Stevie Y working his magic. The Red Wings. Oh my God! What I do to fucking rip a fucking bong with Stevie Y, <laughs> and just listen to him talk about hockey and tell stories, dude. Could you fucking imagine? You're just the stuff, you're, the stuff that that guy has to have locked away in the vault is incredible, buddy. Imagine he's fucking like. Think about this. Like you're in Pittsburgh. They're playing the Red Wings. You're like, hey, Ab, let's go to the game. Do whatever, and you're just like. You get done with dinner. You go out for a few drinks. You're back at the hotel. You hear whispers. This is where the Red Wings are staying, but you're not sure. You haven't seen anything yet. All of a sudden, Tudors walk into the ice machine for a late night cocktail. On the way back, a door swings open. Just a cloud of smoke. And out walks Steve Eiserman. And he's wearing nothing but a Moritz Cider jersey. And he's holding a fully packed bong. And he goes, Toots, you're a college football sharp, my friend. Come on in here. I got a few stories for you. Just imagine that. It'd be like landing on the moon. It'd be like landing on the moon. He, that dude is, he's the hockey whisperer. Like he just, everything he does turns to gold. It really does. I mean, he did it and he did it in uh, Tampa with the lightning. We've seen the run that they've been on the last how many years? Yeah, and then he leaves and goes back to his uh, his original spot in Detroit where he played, and now he's mm-hmm. got them from the last place team in the league the last few years being horrible to uh, you know still early in the season, but second place in the division, seven and three start. They look good doing it, um, right? So they're they're a fun team um, that they're group that I've kind of enjoyed uh, enjoyed watching a little bit here. Um, that that huge yeah. line, that third or fourth line that they yeah, got. Yeah, they're all like 6'5 and taller. Like Yeah, and then you got Cider on the ice with them too, and it's like, Jesus. And I saw that. I was there for that shit pumping they took in the Sabres' behalf, and just but that line is big. You notice them too. You're like, you got a full line of Tage Thompsons out there. Not as good as Tage Thompson, but, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's uh, one one guy, too, in particular, and it kind of pains me to say it, but I was talking to Jeff about it last week, um, 
you know, before hockey over a couple pops. Yeah. Uh, Mika's advantage ad is nasty. He's if he's nobody, got the lettuce. He's got the skill. But he's nobody got, talks about him. He's a he's he's got the looks, man, and the dude makes his own music too. Yeah, he's like he's a Swedish, got, he's a Swedish DJ that's like he's unbelievable at hockey. But you can't. He is why like, Swedish House Mafia broke up because he was one of the guys, and he decided he wanted to play hockey. He uh, rumor has it. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> he's. He's one of those guys you talk about best centers in the game, and nobody really ever even brings him into the conversation. But you watch him play a game, and the way he skates, he's all over the ice. He's all over every puck. He just loves the game. Unbelievable dude. passer. Just, it. just the, great the one dude's, timer. The dude's incredible. I mean, it sucks that he's stuck in New York, but you know it's. It is what it is. He's fun to watch, uh, you know. And I, I think that's a guy that I've. Every time I watch him, I'm like, wow. Yeah, so it's, it's 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 a shame because the Rangers fan base ruins a fun team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely I have no problem putting the blame on them. No. This is what it is. I'm not going to blame the players. Besides Truba, maybe. <laughs> I, won't even, I won't even say that idiot's name. Um, unless he wants right. to come on here, then then we'll talk to him. Yeah, love that. Um, anytime, Jacob, anytime. We'll get it going. We'll iron some things out. It'll be fine. You got nothing better to do, I'm sure. <laughs> Captain of the fucking Rangers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boys, I'll see you on the show. That's funny. Um, one day we'll get them. Bring your elbow pads. Timestamp this one. One day we'll get them. Um, listen, we got to talk about, I got to get my fix in here with you talking lines in college football. Um, you know, we're getting towards the final third of the show here. So, um, coincidence, um, but first and foremost, from a couple weeks ago, you muppet. I told you. I told you. <laughs> I, I knew fucking it was told you. I knew it was coming. <laughs> that the fucking Oklahoma State was going to do it. I told you it was coming. You I've did. been down that road before, riding high on the Cowboys, and you just get absolutely dummied out of nowhere. And it wasn't pretty. No, they never had a prayer. That <laughs> was fucking which, bad. Which is fine because I have always said if I bet on a team, and you're not going to win or you're not going to – if you're not going to cover, I want you to lose by 40. Yeah. I want you to lose so bad. Mm-hmm. I don't – if I take you minus three and a half, you better not win by three. You better <laughs> – You better. if you're not going to cover three and a half, you better lose by 30. And I know in the first half I don't even have a prayer. <laughs> couldn't agree more, though. I really couldn't. And that's what Oklahoma State did. They just got the, the wheels just came off immediately. Yeah. I was looking. I finally turned it on after they were up, I think, three or four scores at one point. I think I think it was 21 nothing. maybe. I don't even remember what the score was, but they were kicking the shit out of them, and it was before halftime. And I was like – no, it was early in the second half because I was like, couldn't believe that it was the second half and the, the lead was where it was. I don't remember the numbers. But I'm like – there's no way like Spencer Sanders didn't get hurt or something. And then I sure as shit, I check again. And I'm like, Ben, 
God damn it, are you smart? He did. He is the Bo Nix of the Big Ten. Big 12. Big 10? Big 12. Thank you. I don't know any of the conferences anymore. I'm like the, you ever see the, did you see the, uh, those Dr. Pepper commercials they're doing now with the fansville? You ever seen those? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. With, um, what's the guy's name played for Oklahoma? Baker. Baker. No, no, no. Uh, Brian Bosworth. The Brian Bos. Bosworth. The Bos. the, he, yeah. Yep. He plays, he plays the sheriff or whatever, but th- then they're having like the party and they're like, we got, we got, we got players changing schools. We got schools changing conferences, and they're like freaking out about it, and they can't figure out like the cable and the streaming thing. They just kind of loop this all into one. I don't know if you've seen this commercial, but that's what it feels like for me too. It's very relatable. It's really funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, Spencer Sanders did what you know, and I wish the best for the guy, right? Like success to all, right? But it just it, it doesn't happen. There's always a game. And his long ten-year career at fucking Oklahoma State. I think he's like thirty-two now. He might be eligible for a pension for NCAA now. I don't know, but he's been there a hot minute. And uh, year after year, it's there's always the game where it's like, up, oh, this is where he's got to do it, and it doesn't happen. Um, Spencer Sanders, if you're listening, though, one of the best all-time covers you had last year. And for the life of me, I can't remember who it was against. I want to say Baylor. They had a dramatic win against Baylor, and I think in a the conference championship. But, um, yeah, unreal backdoor cover. So, and they won outright, actually, in, in the process. Something at the end of the year there. Don't remember exactly, but won me a lot of money. Shout out Spencer Sanders, even though I've been tough on you this year, my friend. Anyways. We got that out of the way, Toots. Um, but let's hit it. Um, the recap, and we'll give out the picks, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, so recapping last week. So I was on a bye week last week. Didn't have any picks, but um, right now on the season, sitting at 24 and 12. Uh, Benny last week went on a uh, nice little rip three and one on his picks. He hit the over 57 and a half in Baylor, Oklahoma, uh, Tulane minus seven and a half, Florida plus three and a half. And his only loss um, on show picks was the Tennessee pick that he talked about earlier. So Benny had a nice week last week, bringing his record up to 17, 23 and one. Clawing back, my friend. Brick by brick. Brick by brick. And then uh, our good friend, Derek. First winning week, I think, ever. Um, two in one week for our boy, Derek. Uh, he lost on the. Let's uh, go. It's about Tennessee, time. Tennessee plus eight and a half. When Derek gets um, hot. The group gets hot. It's a fact. Oh, yeah. It's a fact. And he won on uh, Tulane minus seven and a half, TCU minus nine. Shout and out and to half. Derek, Tulane. Derek and Tulane. Derek, I don't think he you're knows not a on player here. on that team. But I don't either. But Derek, I think we got to get some merch. I said that to you last week. I think it might have to happen. Uh, Derek is now eight twenty-two and one on the season. Don't look now, baby. Derek's heating up. Uh, so, yep, Derek's uh, Derek's doing well. I think uh, we've got an interesting week of picks ahead of us here it's a great word to describe the slate interesting interesting is the only way that i can really describe it i placed a bet i'm actually doing it right now as we speak um 
I just placed a bet that I think tears me up inside a little bit, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, take us through what you're thinking for this week if you got your picks ready and I, I can wrap it up. Yeah, so I got, I got three college football picks locked in already. I'm kind of looking at a fourth one, but uh, first one I picked was LSU minus three at Arkansas. I don't give a shit that LSU just beat Alabama and Arkansas just lost a game at home to Liberty. I don't buy the whole letdown spot. I think LSU is the better team. It's a field goal. Give me the Tigers. Go mm-hmm. Tigers. Um, Go Tigers. I'm looking at Penn State minus 10 at home against Maryland. Mm. Um, I'm I'm a big fan of that. I think Penn State has had some ups and downs this year. I think this uh, this is going to be an up there at home. Maryland, I, I don't think they can hang. I really don't. Um, you got Tua's little brother playing quarterback there, but, um, you know, you shut down a couple of his weapons, and I just don't think they have to the squad overall to hang with Penn state. I'm taking Penn state minus 10 uh, third pick. I have locked in. This one's the one that hurts me a little bit. I always say, I don't like doing it, but I have to here. The number four TCU horn frogs going to Austin to play against the Longhorns. They are plus seven. I'm taking TCU plus seven. Quite frankly, they've been consistently the best team in their conference this year. So I understand they're on the road, but to get them at a spot where they are plus seven and you get a touchdown in a game that I honestly think they're going to win outright, I can't pass that up. Um, So I am going to take TCU plus seven. The other one I'm flirting with that I haven't locked in yet is potentially Oregon minus 13 and a half. But I was looking at that one too we'll, a little bit. We'll Might see be on a, that one. I, I want to see what the line does there. Yeah, I, I'm going to wait on that one, so I'm not going to lock it in. I'm going to roll with these three picks, and then uh, after you give your pick, I'll get my bonus NHL pick tonight. Mm, love it. I'll rip it through. Um, we're going to agree on a couple things here, too, so strap in. Starting off, LSU minus three. Um, for me here, public will go to the letdown spot thing, like you were just saying. But I mean, just take the home dog letdown spot. They're going to get all into that, right? Um, I know it's Brian Kelly. I know. I know as much as Tudor sitting there knows, and anybody else who used to lose money on Notre if Dame. I'm betting on like, Brian Kelly. I must really believe exactly. Um, because in the, the main thing with this that I wanted to kind of piggyback on what you said is they now have a path to the college football playoff. Do they have to go through Georgia in the SEC title game? Yes, but they have a path. They didn't have it before they beat Alabama. So that's where I think that can kind of cancel out that letdown spot. Um, I think Kelly's going to have them fired up for this. Um, I didn't expect the team to – they quietly got to – like, you know, the, the beating Alabama kind of pushed it over the top. But, the, you know, to lose the opener like they did, it was looking a little worrisome there for a while down in the bayou. But I'm on LSU minus three for sure for all the things you said. And, um, again, that big mental factor that I know Brian Kelly's going to push to them is that we have a path to the college football playoff now. Let's not lose it. Um, I've been cautious on this team, but they're eight and two against the spread. So I got to try it. I got to – you got to – 
you know, I got to take it for a test drive. UConn Huskies plus 14 and a half. Um, home dog. They're playing Liberty. Um, I understand that. But, you know, Liberty's been a team in the spotlight more. Might have a better recruiting class. What Whatever you want to say. Better record this year. But shout out, shout out my boy Colin Casey that I went to high school with, offensive line coach at Liberty. Big win last week. Proceed. Sorry to Tudor's buddy. I'm fading. I'm like, well, you guys will probably win the game. You'll probably win the game. But I think it's going to be inside of two touchdowns. So I'm going to take UConn as a home dog. Eight and two against the spread. Home underdog. You're getting over two touchdowns. Got to do it. Um, this one is something I think I might have learned. From the game last week, Georgia and Tennessee, I got Wazoo minus seven and a half at home. Um, I think this one is a situation where, again, they are begging you to take the road dog here with giving you that hook. Um, I lost my friggin' page with who they're playing, so I'll pull that up now. But um, I closed out the wrong one. My bad. Great production value here for the boys. Um, but yeah, like I said, Wazoo, higher expectations this year than how it's kind of turned out. Um, so I think they're going to be, you know, at home in front of the home crowd, they're going to have, you know, a bit of a rally going. And I think they're going to really try and push and make something of the season, get into a decent bowl game. You know what I mean? Arizona State. Yeah, Arizona State, whatever. Um, I think the books really are just seeing, you know, kind of a – They've been struggling, Washington State. They're five and four, you know, true record. I think they expected to be better than that. Six and three against the spread. But I think the the, really matters. Yeah, that's the record that matters. Let's be real. Um, I think they, you know, win this pretty handily, like, you know, two possessions at least. So I'll I'll take the minus seven and a half. But, um, and I think you might even see that line come down as the public jumps on Arizona State. So, We'll see, but I I just think that's kind of one where Vegas knows they're probably going to lose on that game, so they're giving you that line where it's like begging you to take the dog, which is, I feel, the wrong side in this matchup. Next, continuing trend here. Again, 7-1-1 against the spread. The Kansas Jayhawks, they're playing Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech stinks. Um, Any game I've bet on that they've been involved in this year has not won. So it's kind of a fade Texas Tech. And I also just happen to love Kansas. Um, You know, Kansas has some, have been having an awesome season. I just, when I saw this line, it kind of was strange. I think it's making you want to overthink things a little bit. Um, Given, I know Kansas has had some injuries, but the backup quarterback and whatnot, the quarterback situation overall is as, pretty good, you know, for a team like that who's still trying to grow the program and kind of rejuvenate it a little bit as far as recruiting classes and stuff. They got two really good quarterbacks over there. That's a huge key. Um, they're on the road too, which is the main reason, but like 7-1-1 one, one against the spread against a team who's 4-5 and five straight up and against the spread at home. Texas Tech doesn't scare me. I'll take that, you know, plus three and a hook just in case. Might even do Kansas money line at that point, but we might as well for the show. We're going to take the points. And my final pick, um, Tudor, you were on this as well for all the things you said. It pains me to do it. Big Matthew McConaughey guy, big Longhorn guy, you know, hook him. But 
I got to take TCU here. They they realize now they're I don't know if the rankings came out yet when we're recording this. They're going to be number four with almost 100 percent certainty, because I think it's it's got to be Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. I think they, I think they it are, has to be. I, I did see them. Uh, and they know, too. Rankings. So they know damn well now with that, you know, at this point, they can't lose a game or they're out. Right now, they went out there in the college football playoff, so that's going to be, you know, again, fuck letdown spots, whatever, on the road, tough environment at Texas. So we'll see, but look at I they're the number four team in the country, right? They're getting a touchdown. I know they're on the road. Don't overthink it. Um, I think there's going to be equal money on both sides of this game, so I'd rather have the better team, and TCU has proven they are the better team. So TCU plus seven, that's my five picks for the week. Yeah, that's. I think that's an important thing, too, that I look at in college football is like – you know, teams like TCU, that's part of the pick is you know that they're sitting in the top four now and they know if they can just run the table, they're going to the playoff. So exactly. they're motivated. Yep. Uh, yeah. The, uh, that's about- I got one more pick. Oh, yeah. And, With the uh, bonus hockey. So this one's going to be too late for anyone listening to the show, but I. You're am- mainly just giving it to me. Mainly giving it to you. I like uh, it. And I texted you a little bit earlier. I was blowing up the group chat with my research. Mm-hmm. Um, so tonight, Buffalo Sabres play the Arizona Coyotes. I hate parlays. We all know that. I did a same game parlay. Welcome. Plus 250. I got over six and a half total goals. And I got Sabres puck line, minus one and a half. I am ready for the Sabres to unload the biggest shit kicking. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Six, three. Six, yeah, six, two, maybe six, three uh, game. But I think the over is going to hit easy. And I just think the Sabres are going to win. So I took the puck line to get the extra juice for the plus 250. Um, Really what it comes down to in this game, I was looking at both teams and I mean, the Coyotes right now are not great. Um, so I'm looking at it, and I've got two goalies in this game Comrie for the Sabres, 894 save percentage, not great. We've got, uh, I don't know how to pronounce the Coyotes goalie, so I'm just not going to say it. Uh, <laughs> 0.901. So he's kind of like right on the cusp, like he's above 90% on the saves, but not very much. Uh, so not a great save percentage either. Both goalies are over a 3-3-9 goals against. Comrie is uh, a 3-3 uh, – or no, I'm sorry, the, the Coyotes goalie is a 3-3-9. I think Comrie's closer to like a 3-7, 3-8 goals against. Uh, so that, that kind of swayed me toward the over right there. And then you look at the Sabres. They're playing good hockey, but they're at home. They're coming off of two days rest, and they're coming off of two losses where the over hit in both games, both five to three finals, but two losses against good teams in Carolina and Tampa. And the game before that, they were at home and they beat Pittsburgh six to three. So the Sabres are playing good hockey. They're playing high scoring games, and they're going to be hungry for a win. They get Darlene back tonight. They get Labushkin back tonight. I think you 
you hammer the Sabres tonight. You do it. I that's that's my pick. I know that I've spoke very highly of the Sabres on this show uh, today, but they're they're playing great hockey. They're fun to watch. And uh, tonight, if you want to make some money, I'd ride the Sabres. I love it, man. Love it. Everybody, as always, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Um, make sure to stay tuned for a brand new episode coming up next week. As always, um, we'll be in touch to uh, post a note out, but you know, some kind of, you know, holiday season coming up um, when we kind of do our kind of recharge a little bit around this time yearly. So more to come on that, but um, for now, business as usual, baby. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks so much for the support as always, everybody can't say that enough. We'll be back next week for another brand new episode. As they say, I wish winning bets and minimal sweats for you all. Have a good rest of the week. Go Bills, go Sabres. Later.